to the Keeping It Real podcast where I, Mary Laura Hunt, interview experts on the dangers of social media and how to handle them in the real world. Today I'm going to be talking to a couple of experts. The first one I want to introduce to you all is Stephen Williams, the Lincoln Parish Sheriff. Hey Stephen, how are you today? Good, good. Great to be here. So you said you've been on a podcast before. Your son has a podcast. Yeah, my uh, middle child, Cade, had a uh, podcast for a while when he was in high school at Rustin High called the uh, Peanut Gallery. That's super fun. So, like, you are you got this. Like, you're feeling good about this. Well, I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but we'd give it a try. So, the first question I have for you kind of deals with, like, us as a society in general. Sometimes I feel like we separate law enforcement officers from real people. <laughs> I really want the audience to be able to get to know you as a person before the sheriff on this episode. Uh-huh. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, I would say law enforcement officers, I mean, they're just like everyone else. They have the same problems in life, uh, financial problems, family problems, you name it. You know, I woke up this morning and my heating unit had gone out at the house. Um, tomorrow I'm scheduled to get a new one of those installed. So, you know, we have the same problems day to day that everybody else does. I've lived in Lincoln Parish my entire life. I have three kids, a 26-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a uh, 16-year-old. So I have two kids that are still in school, and, um, you know, we're just clicking along. Great. Okay, so you mentioned your kids, and one thing I've personally always been super interested in is how being in law enforcement could affect those boundaries with your kids. Like, how do you handle that? So say you get some kid in trouble and that kid happens to be friends with your kid like is have you ever been in an awkward situation like how do you handle that yeah it can be touchy at times you know you tr- you just like every parent I try to give my kids boundaries and 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 guide them through life and uh, set expectations high I haven't really run into problems with my kids in general but I have had occasion to I've had to arrest kids of of people who I went to school with that I that I hung out with on the weekends and stuff, and that, some of that can be very touchy, you know. But I just try to do the the fairest thing I can uh, on that situation and put personal feelings aside. Okay, so in like a personal setting, when you're just Stephen, does your position ever affect those personal relationships? Does that ever get touchy? Yeah, there's a, you know, you have to to make sure that that you try to live your life above question. I don't go to the bars on the weekends. I don't don't do a lot of things that normal people do because I just don't want the the negative thought or the mm-hmm. or to give someone a, a chance to say, well, you know, I saw him doing that or something. So you, you try to live your life, uh, uh, I guess, above above the the margins of question. You know, there's enough things that go wrong that you can't prevent. You can prevent a lot of the stuff and and the questionable behavior or something that you know just do the best you can yeah that's a really good point thank you for sharing that and i read up a little bit about you before this and in your bio it said that you have been in law enforcement since 1993. so my for reference my parents graduated in 1995 not to make you feel older (laughs) (laughs) but my parents graduated in 1995 so i've grown up understanding that when they were graduating high school like the idea of a smartphone was not even a concept yet. Yeah. So because you've been in law enforcement since 1993, I know that you've been there with cell phones being a major part of crime, I guess, or what y'all deal with, and then with. So you've you've seen it all. So mm-hmm. kind of when, I'm interested to know when was the shift 
where the police force kind of realized this could be a major issue and like treated it as such. Yeah, uh, you're making me feel old, but <laughs> when I went to work for the sheriff's office, everybody had quarters in their car because if the office would call you and had something sensitive they wanted to, to relay to you about a call and didn't want it over a radio, which was easy, easily scanned at that time, they would ask you to give the office a call over the radio. Well, you had to know where the payphones were and you would go put money in a payphone and, and call the office. I was proud to have one of the first cell phones that we had at the sheriff's office. I bought my own and it was a bag phone. I don't even know if you know what a yes, bag phone my is. My parents have told me about the bag phone. Yeah, yes. I had a, it was cool. It had the receiver that mounted in your car and the numbers on the back of it. I thought it was state of the art. And they actually had pretty good signal for back then. But as far as social media, it changed everything. You know, it didn't exist whenever I was there. And, and to be honest, things were a lot easier and more simple when it didn't exist. Social media has given everyone the option the, or the opinion. They can get their opinion out there. They're, and everyone is an expert on everything from law enforcement to surgery. You know, you're free to put your comments out there. They're rarely questioned. But we, we learned, I guess, Matt and I were talking about this. We, I guess, really, it wasn't that long ago. 2016, 2017, we created a departmental page we quickly learned that we could get our message out pretty quick on things and we started initially just using it for if we had bad weather coming or roads closed or something like that and and our followers you know jumped from 200 for a year to to 500 and now I think we're a little over 16,000 followers on there so you know now we put a lot of things like major arrest major cases or and still weather related public safety type stuff but we we have tweaked it a little bit. With today's society, everything seems to be divisive. So if we have an arrest that we feel could be taken out of context, say uh, we'll silent the comments on it because it too, too often people would brush over the fact that it was an arrest and, and we got a dangerous criminal off the street to it was black, white, male, female, and it just, it, they would hijack your, your thread, so we turned the comments off on a lot of that stuff just to get our message out. You know, mm -hmm. our belief is we don't want to publicly hang somebody on, you know, on social media or persecute them, open them up to all the, the arrest is usually bad enough on the, the, the person being arrested and the, the family immediately surrounded, but to watch one of your loved ones get just eviscerated on social media is sometimes even worse. So we're trying to monitor that, still get our message out, but protect people's uh, integrity at the same time. Now, I love that you <clears throat> kind of expanded upon how social media has benefited y'all, because I think some of my listeners, I don't want to get this message confused. This podcast is not about me saying social media is like so bad and we need to avoid it at all costs. That's not what this is. And that's a perfect example. Yeah. Like the reach and the global audience that social media provides us with has been so helpful in so many aspects of life. So you said that you had like the bag phone. Mm -hmm. So whenever the smartphone <clears throat> came out, when was the mental shift? Like did one event happen to where it was like, ooh, smartphones, that this is gonna be a problem. Was that ever a thing or was it gradual? I, I don't know. At the time that that was happening, I was a young deputy on patrol, mm -hmm. so to me, it just it made life easier. I don't 
you know, had I been in the management end at that time, I probably would have realized more of a dynamic, but it was so slow and gradual that nobody really paid attention to it. That's really uh, interesting. At least I didn't. Okay. Um, I, in my mind, I was like, oh, it was like this one thing that somebody committed this huge crime on social media, and they were like, ooh, we got to, like, we got to get that. But I want to touch back on your kids. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to see, like, has your workplace influence the boundaries that you set with your own children on social media? Yeah, definitely. And 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 I'm I'm friends with my kids on social media, but I know a lot of stuff can happen that I can't see. Uh, I actually kind of turn most of that over to my wife. I get enough of the investigative stuff during the day that my wife's a, a pretty good detective on her own. And luckily, my kids, none of them are really active on, on Facebook. My oldest son, created an account only to monitor the election whenever I was running through the running for sheriff he monitored a little bit and then my middle child's at LSU now and um, is very inactive on it but you know I've always told my kids you know as far as social media uh, snapchatting or or texting or anything I said don't text or say or do anything that you wouldn't send your mom or your grandma because if once you do something if you send a picture or you send a text or something it's there forever for the world to see before you mash sin just you know would you be comfortable sending that to your grandmother and and try to live by those those guidelines we see a lot of people come through our office, and Matt will uh, touch on this later. We see a lot of people come through our office that have sent a uh, provocative picture of themselves that are now being blackmailed or compromised over something like that. And But once you send it, it's, it you've got to li live with the repercussions. It's too late at that point. Mm -hmm. Everything with social media, unfortunately, can be taken out of context. Absolutely. So if you send something that might not sound great on its own but kind of fit the context of your conversation, it, it, I mean, it really doesn't even matter. If somebody takes a screenshot of that and blacks the rest out, I mean, Absolutely. it's over. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that you have a lot of people coming in and out of the office that have sent provocative pictures that didn't really mean to cause harm, but it did. Yeah. And this is something I want to touch on, and I'm going to touch on with Matt, too. But I read an article the other day, and it was about this 15-year-old boy who was a victim of sextortion. Mm -hmm. And I do I do want to touch on that because I don't think enough people are aware of that crime and what exactly it is. But he was a victim and they didn't know it and 15 minutes I think it was after he found out that like his picture was going to be out there, mm -hmm. he killed himself before yeah. he even told his parents. And I just Everything is so permanent, and that is something I really want to emphasize in getting some real-life examples of how those things online can become permanent and really influence you and your mental health and your relationships and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, the a lot of people live their life. I mean, and you know you have friends that you're on social media. They live their life. Every meal they eat is on social media mm -hmm. to, to where they get gas. And a lot of people that becomes their identity, you know, trying to get a different, you know, to get more likes today than they got yesterday. And I think a lot of people get consumed by that and and they don't realize the dangers of it. You know, it can be anything from a, a picture you sent someone in the relationship with that person goes south and then there's blackmail or just somebody trying to revenge or, or something, it, it, you know, and we see a lot of stranger uh, where it's complete strangers, they meet somebody in a chat room or something, they get talked into sending a picture to them, and the next thing you know, they're wanting mo extorting money from them, or they're going to send this picture to all their for contacts. Uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous world out there. It's, I mean, you have to look out for yourself and make wise choices. 
I agree. And I, I want to end on a lighter note with you because you mentioned that your like as your children digressed in age, they became less and less familiar with Facebook. You mm-hmm. said in particular, and I think that is so interesting because so much of the older generations are on Facebook. I personally cannot figure it out. Like it is the most complicated social media like app <laughs> to me. Like I don't I don't understand how like that is y'all's app of choice because I seriously have tried so hard and I do not understand it. So yeah, my mother's in her 80s and she's on Facebook. <laughs> I don't understand it. That is so interesting to me. Yeah. Well, thank you, Stephen. We are actually going to talk to another guest today that is specializes in social media, and so he's gonna. We're really gonna dive into the crime aspect of social media with our next guest. Well, thank you so much for your time, Stephen. Thank you. I'm really thankful that you're you. to chat with me today. All right. So I am here now with my second guest for this episode, Matt Henderson. And Matt is a sergeant in the Criminal Investigation Division. Can you tell us a little bit about what that title means and what you do? So I'm assigned to a, to a division that we have five people. And we investigate crimes from anything ranging from property crimes to your thefts, your damaged properties, and up the chain. We may investigate shootings and homicides and sexual assaults, kidnappings, et cetera. It's a, it's a wide variety of crimes that we investigate. Mm-hmm. And social media is plugged somewhere in there? We can often find a plug in social media from one range of that all mm-hmm. the way up. It's, their social media is everywhere. It's everywhere today. That is a good point. That's why we're here. <clears throat> so we're going to explore that in a law enforcement aspect. So the first question I have for you is, has there been any crime specifically that social media has been a big enabler of? Because you've said that you, in your division, you see it everywhere. Is there one crime that specifically that has been super like backed up by what social media can provide? We see a lot in online cyberbullying. We see a lot in um, harassments. Uh, we see a ton of it linked back to to burglaries. To to label it and to narrow it down to to one particular crime is so difficult because we could we could have conversations about how a social media post led back to a burglary. We could have a conversation about social media posts being linked to a stalking case. Anything that people are involved in, they tend to put on their social media, and it exposes them to becoming a victim of, of, of any wide variety of crime. So do you see like an age gap there, like with social media users being involved in crime as well? Is there any sort of age pattern or gap with how social media plays into that and the crime? Ten years ago, we could say that, you know, the younger generation primarily were your ones on social media, but now today uh, we've got 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds on social media, and as young as, you know, 10-year-olds on social media. I think that there is definitely more input going out on social media in the younger generation in that uh, teenager phase, um, and, and, and even preteen. We, we live in a world where we want to share. We want everyone to know what we're doing at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, we want everyone to see what we got for our birthday or see what we got for Christmas this year, not realizing that when we make this post showing the Christmas tree with everything underneath it this year, that someone out there may be watching saying, hey, that might be a house to, to go look at if I want to try to commit a burglary. Mm-hmm. You see a lot these days 
with extracurricular activities at school, such as it be a dance line or cheer or football. Friday night, we may have a football game. If you post on your social media account that you're a cheerleader and your brother plays for the football team, someone's going to know that you're not home on a Friday night when that football game is playing. The odds of you being at home are slim because you're going to be out watching the game and cheering your brother and cheering the whole team. Once again, making yourself a victim, potential victim. That's focusing primarily on the property crime end of things and you know possibly some stalking cases. Where we see a, a huge influx is people sharing private images. They may send it to someone that they're in a relationship with today but we don't know what tomorrow holds. That might not be your best friend, that might not be your significant other tomorrow. What's he, gonna, what's he or she gonna do with that photo? So uh, again, it's, it's such, a, such a wide variety of things that this could be linked back to social media. And social media is not to blame, it's the person that's putting this information in. Mm -hmm. You know, social media was intended for a purpose to reach people and communicate with people. But everything can be used for alternate reasons. Everything can be used in a bad way just like it can be used in a good way. Mm -hmm. So you're talking a lot about how things in our images or things that we may post oblivious to the fact that it could enable certain people who don't have good intentions. So if you had like three rules of thumb for our listeners of like how to evaluate evaluate if what you're posting is appropriate to post to make sure like in terms of your safety mm -hmm. so inside it the majority of social media accounts that I'm familiar with there are privacy settings in place mm -hmm. who can see your post when you who can see who you're friends with and and, and etc and so on I would say remember the rule of thumb don't talk to strangers don't be worried so much on how many followers I have don't be worried about the the quantity of numbers worry about the quality let it be the friends that you know. Let it be possibly the friends of the friends that you know. But if you get a strange request from someone you've never met, someone you do not recognize, don't be so eager to add that person just because you want to add another follower, just because you want another friend on social media. You've got to know who these people are. You can, anyone can create a name, anyone can create a profile. Understand the difference of perception and reality. Under, when you look at this photo, it may be a photo of a 16-year-old girl that looks like you or is on a cheer line like you, but in reality that very well could be a 47-year-old man with a criminal record and he's looking for he's looking for a prey. Well, and as far as I know, like you can't put boundaries on that kind of stuff for social media. Like there's no way for y'all to monitor if that cute little girl on social media isn't actually a cute little girl on social media. Like, there's no way for y'all to handle that. So you have to protect yourself in terms of who you're letting see your things. So Absolutely. I, that's, a, that's a very good point. I think sometimes we don't really understand exactly what is a crime on social media. Can you tell us the biggest crimes that not, not that social media influences, but that can become a crime on social media? Uh, we could talk about non-consensual disclosures of private images. Mm -hmm. That's where you may send your significant other a, a risque or inappropriate picture. It's If you're an adult, you can send that. But if I send that and then six months later we break up and I decide, oh, you know what, I'm going to embarrass her. Let me send this photo out. That's a, that's a crime. 
Okay, that I, that they did not have permission to send that image out. I willingly sent that photo. I didn't commit a crime, but when that person shares it without permission and consent, that's a crime. We could discuss that. And obviously the sextortions, uh, the... What is sextortion? Can you... If I were to put it in my words, and, and don't, don't lock me in on this, okay. but it's the, it's the, so that when you extort something, you're wanting, you're wanting to force someone to give you something, correct? If I want to extort you for money, I would try to find something that you really want, and you really want that either to come back to you or you want it to stay hidden. And I tell you, if you want this back, you're going to have to do this, this, and this. So I'm extorting you to get you to do something that I want. As Sheriff Williams discussed earlier, we see so many come in and they've shared this picture to a random person they really did not know on social media. They, for attention or... Correct. Okay. And it may be a, you send me some photos, I'm going to send you some photos. We have some small talk chat in between, but at the end of the conversation, I hit you with, well, I see you have... 6,000 followers on Instagram, I'm going to send these photos that you shared with me to all of your followers unless you pay me $1,000. Wow. We've had this happen to where that $1,000 is paid, then what do they do? They ask you for a thousand more. And there's no end in sight for this. It'll go on and on and on. So that I would classify as a as a case of sextortion. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough people truly understand what that is and that that is the thing like there are bots and people who have terrible intentions and just want your money and they're going to get it however they can so i did want our listeners to be very aware that that is a thing so a hot topic in our society today in terms of social media behavior is grooming and so i do want to touch on briefly what that is and then how you could recognize signs of that inappropriate behavior you know, going on. When something like this starts to happen, it's more than likely going to be happening at such a fast rate that the signs are going to be hard to see. One thing I, viewers need to, to focus on is when something just doesn't sound quite right, if, it's, if it sounds too good to be true, mm-hmm. if, if you have this person who's never engaged, this may be someone you know, if they've never engaged in conversations with you about your, your dating life or any intimate personal information, why are they doing it now? Why are they doing it at 11 o'clock at night when everyone else is asleep in bed? Why, why today are they choosing to go down this path with questions that they may, may be asking? Uh, they may want you to send a photo. Well, if this is a relative, why do they need a photo of you at 11 o'clock at night? So it's, it's recognizing those strange anomalies that are coming at you, coming your way, mm-hmm. but you've got to be aware and always ready to, to see these things. And sometimes they're just really hard to see. But if you do fall victim to something like this, this is not the end. We need to, you need to come forward. You need to tell those that love you. You need to tell your parents. If you have that person who's, my, my person always growing up was my grandfather. I uh, could talk to him about anything, still do today. But, but get that information out. Don't hold it in. Don't panic. Don't, don't do anything rash that can't be undone. Mm-hmm. Just have a clear head and admit, hey, somebody's probably going to get mad at me. Somebody's probably going to get upset. But you can get through this. We can move forward and get on the other side of mm-hmm. it. 
So I, I love that you said that. I do want to touch on that briefly. So we have like a suicide hotline. Correct. So what 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 do you do if you get to that place where you think you're in trouble, but you're so ashamed of the trouble that you've gotten yourself in that you don't feel like you have anybody that you can open up to about it, but you you want to get out of it? Like, who do you call? What like what is the first step? in getting yourself out of that situation? Suicide is permanent. Mm -hmm. The problem that you are dealing with is temporary. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be able to see that you may be embarrassed, you may be terrified, you may be scared, but tomorrow will get better. The next day will get better and it will continue to get better. There's nothing that can't be undone and we've got to move forward. Uh, if you start having these thoughts, if you have that person, you got to reach out to them. You got to let them know. Uh, it could be a best friend. It could be a school counselor. It could be a, a sporting coach. It could be be anybody. But tell somebody you're hurting. Tell somebody what's going on, and uh, and just reach that, get that help that you need. Mm -hmm. If I'm sitting at a computer, I could have 20 chat windows opened up. Mm -hmm. I'm not just sending this to you. I'm doing this same game with dozens of other people at the same time. If I sit here and if I've got persons one through 12 and I'm having this conversation with them and then I get to the time of the conversation where it says, hey, pay me $500 or I'm gonna send this photo out. Out of those 12, let's just say five do it. So now I've got $2,500 I've just made instantly. Am I gonna waste time with these other seven or what am I gonna do? Close out these accounts, I'm gonna open up 12 more. I may open up 24. You can do all this and you can reach so many people because of social medias, because of technology today, where 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if I'm trying to access dial-up internet, I'm constantly losing signal. I'm constantly losing service. I can't have 10 chat windows open because my device that I'm chatting on won't support that. It's as technology advances, we can reach so many people so much faster. I do a post on our social media account today, and by tomorrow, it's reached over 100,000 people. Now, we have 16,000 followers, but of those 16,000, they share it to all their friends, they share it to all their family, and we're reaching people around the world with a simple post. The predators are accessing us the same way. There is no bounds to how far they can reach and how many people they could be doing this to at one time. That's... A fabulous point. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing all this valuable, valuable information for our listeners. Thank you. So I'm Pleasure so, to be here. So happy to have you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you.